folks. It's me, Lacey. I'm really thrilled to be here today talking to Derek from The Botanist in the Barrel, which is one of our favorite local food producers. And we'll talk more about what they make in just a minute. Um, but yeah, I've just it been admiring, you know, Drew and I are super obsessed with finding like the localist of the localist and also really love a good natural ferment, the less processing, the better. So uh, Botanist and Barrel is a really good match for everything that we have going on. And we're thrilled. They are going to be at our trout dinner in a week or so. And they're going to be sharing some sampling with us. We've already done a lot of this with our food club and enjoyed. Um, and we've actually been up to their farm several times. So I'm really excited to have them here live talking to Derek um, and learning more. We've even done the tour up there. So I feel like I don't know a lot, but I should because I've participated in everything you guys have going on. But um, hopefully it'll sink in today and we'll all learn together. Hey, friends. Welcome to The Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned, everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle. We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. Um, Derek, can you tell everybody where you are and where your farm is and maybe just kind of give the whole sort of backstory. Is the farm a first-generation farm? Are you a first-generation farmer? Kind of just give us the backstory. Um, I'm not a first-generation farmer. Um, our story begins um, in Cedar Grove um, at Cedar Grove Blueberry Farm. Um, I have a background in pastry and dessert making. So that sort of naturally leads uh, into fermentation um, and all things fermentation. Um, uh, we started uh, becoming stewards of our farm um, back in 2000 and around 2014. Uh, we took over uh, Cedar Grove Blueberry Farm. There are about 1,200 uh, blueberry bushes uh, mm -hmm. on the property. Um, and we've spent uh, the latter years uh pruning and clearing and um uh, you know maintaining the orchard um and uh this is where uh botanist and barrel uh came to life um yeah. through natural natural fermentation um my my wife kether um her her family um have you know they have a a pretty direct uh root in um in fermentation um, and in wine, uh, their, uh, their family is from France. And so, uh, they have a, a pretty, pretty direct lineage to, uh, to, um, fermenting. Um, and, uh, and so, so yeah. Very cool. So what inspired you to take over a blueberry farm? Um, well, I've always had an affinity, uh, for berries, you know, uh, being in my, you know, my former profession, you know, mm -hmm. and just making. <laughs> Um, and, uh, Kether, uh, her family, um, they have a hundred acre, um, land preserve, if you will, um, uh, up in, um, Northern central Pennsylvania. And so throughout their whole life, uh, they've been foraging for everything from like, um, you know, wild currants and choke cherries, uh, to raspberries and blackberries and, uh, and, and, uh, mainly blueberries. Mm -hmm. uh, so when that land became available for us to take over, 
uh, we were uh, thrilled at the opportunity to be able to uh, to have them um, uh, to take care of. So, yeah, really yeah. cool. It's a beautiful property. Yeah. That area is so well. It feels like it's still kind of an up and coming area because you're so close to Durham. Is that maybe the closest city, or what would you? That's it. Yeah. So yeah. we're about well, Hillsboro would be the closest. Okay. Uh, like metropolis, if you will. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, um, but uh, but we do get a lot of people uh, who come to visit us uh, from Durham would be the largest city. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. So explain some of the operations. How does one? I mean, I, I was it a you pick blueberry farm or uh, to start with? Is that how it was mm-hmm. operating? Yeah, it was, uh, and it still is. Um, oh. Matter of fact, we're right in the height of the season now, um, and uh, that's uh, yeah, that's how the that that property um, uh, uh, started, and then we took it over and decided to produce um, cider. Uh, myself, along with um, my wife, like I was saying, Kether, uh, her brother Lyndon, um, and his wife Amy. So though they mm-hmm. are the the other three members of of the botanist and bear of botanist and barrel um but kether's mom bernadette Pelissier, um along with uh their stepdad van uh bennett uh first secured the property um and uh that's how we became involved oh yeah. neat that's so the it's a family thing. affair family affair that's it yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah. I love it. So you immediately were sort of like, let's just ferment these berries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting because, um, um, I've always, you know, well, we, uh, there's a collective there. So mm-hmm. we've been interested in fermenting, uh, for, for years, you know, uh, um, through, uh, Kether's family, uh, through my, my background, uh, and like I said, dessert making, we've been, um, interested, you know, in fermenting. Uh, and then the leap uh, to cider um, happened because, uh, and this is pretty specific, uh, you know, certain fruit we, we weren't able to sell at the market, right? Mm-hmm. So you have it, on blueberries, you have um, this characteristic that will that will show up called exobacidium, and I won't get into the, all the science on that, but um, it's a little white blemish. Um, on the on the skin is completely benign you know it's mm-hmm. still edible um, but people want uh wanted perfect fruit and so um you know there's a there's a uh, a section of our crop that we weren't able to that we weren't able to get um into people's um uh you know uh kitchens you know uh, mm-hmm. so we were just we just decided to uh ferment that uh co-ferment mm-hmm. that cider Wow. Okay. That's really interesting. Is what is it that causes? Is it just a bacteria that kind of floats in the air that lands on the berries as they're developing or um yeah, it's like a it's like a genetic process. Like yeah. The, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um and uh um so there was that. So um yeast is prevalent on on the fruit and so um we do a lot of spontaneous co-fruit fermentation uh, on top of cider okay so explain for me because i know a lot of what we've bought from you is called wine and then some of it i i thought you were identified as a cidery and so where is the line there and is it i mean are they pretty much the same i mean mm-hmm. is there no no rule there 
Right. So the pro the process uh, is same. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just that the it's just that um, apples make cider, and then grapes make, or any any other fruit really can make can make wine. Yeah. So um, you know, people think of when you hear wine. So that's that's grape, and then um, cider is apple wine. So like the process is is uh, pretty much the same. Okay. So any of your ciders have apples in them? Is that how that works? Yes. Yes. So okay. the cider apple or all apple, fermented apple juice. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so you do a bodice and barrel um, uh, is a lot of co-fruit fermentation on top of the cider. So we're taking, we're taking blackberries and raspberries and, and um, you know, all different types of fruits, blueberries, of course, you know, and we're fermenting those like in tandem with the apple juice. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're bringing out, uh, you know, the, the the fruit is adding a little bit more sugar. Uh, in the in the in the case of blueberries, you know, we're adding anthocyanin uh, from the pigment of the skin and and and, uh, and tannins as well. You know, very cool. Yeah. Okay. So I've seen, I think, even some posts about this on your feed about going up and even working with the folks where you're getting the apples and helping them maintain their orchards. And yep. so I'm assuming you're just really, really into making sure you're getting local and healthful fruits and such yep. to put in. What does that process look like? How do you find people to work with? And, you know, what's your what's driving you there? So uh, we have made friends, you know, um, over the course of the years. And so um, a lot of times people will come to us and we'll say, you know, we have this we have this orchard, you know, um, can you do anything with it? You know, um, hmm. uh, we're interested in working with you because we, we believe in your natural process. And so, um, uh, there's, there's that, and there's a little bit of seeking out as well. My, my brother-in-law Lyndon is very, um, keen on, uh, on finding these things <laughs> as well as foraging spots too. Um, and so, um, this year, well, last year we were, uh, very fortunate to start our process of taking taking over um, a handful of orchards between uh, Boone, um, Asheville, and then over to Southern Virginia. Um, oh, wow. So over a handful of, uh, of orchards to um, procure those apples and also in the process, uh, maintain and prune them. Um, and this allows us to get like very, very close to the source of where, you know, our fruit is coming from. Um, and we are very dependent on orchards that 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 provide us with the yeasts you know in order for spontaneous fermentation um to kick off and to happen um organically you know uh and so that's uh you're absolutely correct yeah that's very it. cool yep. yeah are you concerned at all about chemical use or anything like that that farmers might so the the yeah the the orchards that we're that we're going to pick from are no spray orchards so um and uh, there's that aspect of the other aspect of it, too, is we are, you know, we're looking for, um, you know, apples that are going to have, um, you know, sugar, you know, conversion from starch. We're able to, mm -hmm. to, to get hands on in the field and uh, and have a, you know, have a, uh, you know, a direct way to um, to focus our efforts on the ferments, you know. Yeah, that's so cool. Okay, so yeah. you, I, I've been to your facility. It's huge. You have all this, like you know, fancy equipment and the the right things to get the job done. I'm curious yeah. 
did you start that way? I mean, was this a kitchen, like a countertop start or how did you begin? Yeah. So we, we, when we started, we were just, we were just producing like, you know, our test batches and carboys, mm-hmm. um, just to observe, um, the way that we wanted to, you know, to evolve our, our, our practice, you know, and, and, uh, and, uh, scaling up, you know, our, our operation, you know, right. uh, and that started off very, very small. We graduated from, from, um, from carboys up to, um, thousand liter tanks. We only had about five, uh, 1000 liter tanks and we were only able to fill about three of those leaving one for racking. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, over, over time we've, you know, scaled up baby steps until, um, right. you know what I mean? Until we're, we're able to, um, um, uh, have a larger quantity of juice, but not too large. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to use it when it's ready. Right. That's it. That's Um, navigating the sort of making an alcohol product. Has that been tricky or is it pretty straightforward? I don't in terms of like agriculturally, I I don't know how that works in North Carolina. It seems like it could be messy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in in terms of in terms of uh, just the the regulation behind alcohol or yeah well i mean i think when you think of a farmer's market generally people or farm products generally people are selling something that you know they might have to have a kitchen that's certified but for the most part it's pretty straightforward i would feel like it might be a little bit different with alcohol yeah it's 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 just the it's just the alcohol board it's not like um regulated through food so it so you sell at farmer's markets and uh we give little samples but it's it's um we're able to do that just because of the alcohol code you know yeah Yeah. interesting okay and the people who sell have to be like certified to sell it right like or or of age or what are the rules of age yeah Yeah. just 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 of age okay Okay. yeah um but uh one of the things about botanists and barrel is is that every um every opportunity we get people who are selling, you know, are also helping out in the production process and helping mm-hmm. out in the harvesting and helping out in all aspects of, of the overall operation. Right, so yeah. it does come time to where we're, you know, sort of spreading our passion, if, if you know, as it were, then we're able to, uh, to, uh, to sort of convey that to people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's a really neat thing. Usually about small operations is that you don't get somebody who's just the sales guy. <laughs> you get there. They know yeah. the whole process. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. All-rounded employees. Um, okay. So do you have any tips for folks who might be listening that are like, you know, I've always wanted to try making a meat or a cider or a wine, um, but it sounds super intimidating. What right. might you suggest to somebody who's interested in doing something like that? Yeah. So. Um, what we do at Bodice and Barrel is what what you would call orchard to glass, right? Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's looking um, for uh, the right kind of apples. So you want to look for apples that are uh, going to be well rounded in terms of acid and tannin um, and sugar, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's a nice it's a nice balance, um, and then. Um, yeah, so the 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 process itself is 
relatively simple, right? You're, you, you have the fruit and you're crushing the fruit and you're allowing the yeasts to make contact with the contact with the sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it, it, it is, um, important to note that a, a lot of the different wines and ciders that we make at Bonneson Barrel are what's known as petio naturel, which means that it literally is just the yeast from the orchard that does the fermenting and we're monitoring that, right? Mm. How far along that, that, that process is and converting the sugar uh, into uh, alcohol, right? And so mm. um, once we get to a certain specific point where we're bottling that cider mm. um, and then the, the cap of the bottle is trapping the CO2 and it's carbonating itself, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so that, that's, that should be, that should be highlighted because it, it really is a very, very simple process. We're not, um, we're not filtering or pasteurizing the juice, you know, we're, we're, we're letting the, the natural expression of the fruit come through. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to say that, that the fruit is the foundation, you know, cause we love, we love that, that, that saying it's like, everything starts with, um, the orchard practice and and then, and then the, and then the fruit, because that's going to give you the ultimate ultimate characteristic um uh, of the wine of the of the cider and the wine as well yeah are there any i mean so you're not adding any yeast or anything like that to your no generally we we let it kick off naturally just from the from the the orchard um and so for uh, anyone doing it at home um Mm -hmm. you know the thing that taken into consideration is it's just mainly um observing Right. And then, and then testing because, um, dependent, there are a few dependent factors, you know, the, 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 the time of year, right. Is it colder outside? Yeah. You know, that's going to determine, um, how quickly, um, your, um, your ferment's going to kick off. If you're doing it naturally, of course, Mm -hmm. pitch yeast, um, on the, on the juice as well. Um, but talking about specifically in a, in a spontaneous, um, I, the spontaneous idea of fermenting, um, you're going to want to take into consideration the, 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 the temperature, um, and also, um, also the, you know, um, the sugar content, um, you know, of the juice, you know, how, how, how much you could say, how much food does the yeast have, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for the fermentation process, um, and then monitoring. So you're going to, once, once you notice, like literally, you know, foam starting to, to, to build on a cap, you know, at, at the top, you know, you're going to, that's going to be a visual sign of fermentation. And then you're going to take what's known as a gravity and you're going to monitor, um, how much, um, uh, how much sugar is, is being, you know, consumed within the, within the juice. Very interesting. Okay. So you're not even rinsing the berries or washing the fruits before you use them or does that generally just water. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And yep. that doesn't wash away those yeasts that you're trying to get. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, are there health benefits to having this versus, you know, more like the pasteurized yeast added situation? Um, probiotic for sure. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. 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 So you're not, we're not stripping away any, um, any of the, uh, the biome will, you know, off of the, off of the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. cool. Well, you can taste it. I think, you know, when you drink your wines, they are just, they taste like fresh fruit. They really do. They're amazing. Oh, 
Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very refreshing. And they're almost, I would say, you know, they're not as tangy as like a kombucha, but they are, there's just something more fresh about them, sort of similar maybe to a kombucha, I guess. Um, but yeah, they're delicious. So where can folks access your ciders here locally, but also, I don't know, can people order from your website or what does that look like? Yeah, we ship through Vino Shipper and you can order directly through the website. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Almost all of the states. They, oh, awesome. Okay. And then there are local places that you can go in and get. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. So all around uh, Durham, Raleigh. Um, yeah. All different in Asheville? Places. I think I heard there's some in Asheville too. Asheville. Yeah. We have our, our tasting room, our tasting bar, as you'd say, um, in Asheville, um, as well as, uh, yeah, all over. Yeah. All over. Very cool. Well, I always enjoy when I see your name on a menu and and try to get yeah. one of your delicious. And they're just always a little bit different. You know, I think that's maybe something people look for is like something that's going to be the same every time. But what I love is the experience that, you know, it could be completely different every time. Yeah. Um, and that's the excitement, I think. Yeah. It's tasty. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's natural cider. So it, it's the way that cider, you know, uh, was produced uh, centuries ago. Centuries ago. I love it. So, okay, one more thing. I know people who are local might want to kind of come out and see the farm. Can you let us know what you've got going on up there? Yeah, so we have uh, food and music on the weekends, um, as well as uh, some larger events that are kind of peppered through the, the year. Mm -hmm. uh, um, most notably in the next few days, we have Pick a Ton where we're um, we're uh, roasting off a local uh, hog and then um, we'll actually, I'm actually putting that on pizza this time around. So that should be fun. Mm -hmm. um, and and um, uh, we have a fermentation fest coming up in September, I believe. And uh, you can check those out on the mm -hmm. website. Oh, fun. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, Derek, thank you so much for being on the call with me. I can't wait oh, to yeah. have you out here in real life. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I'm forward this to it. Great. We love what you're doing. All right. Keep it up.